Hi guys, welcome back to The Hangout. It's Sid, and if you love music as much as I do, well, this is the perfect podcast for you. Um, today, I'm joined by such an exciting guest that I'm so happy to have on the show. Um, honestly, I did struggle trying to come up with a summarized intro because of his extensive roster, because some of you guys know him as a youthful werewolf, a killer X-Men superhero, to a charismatic villain kid, and most recently, a spontaneous skater ghost. Um, and honestly, the list goes on. So I'm so excited to dive into our guest's work um, and talk about his love for so many different art forms. Let's welcome Boo Boo Stewart to the show. How are you? I'm doing very, very, very good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I love your shirt, by the way. Did you design that? Uh, no, actually, everyone thinks that I did, but I, I did not. This is, I wish I knew the band's name. My buddy and I were, we were going out for a drink and then um, we, uh, there just happened to be a concert going on in the back room. And so we went back and it was this really weird concert of all these musical acts that were very like obscure and super random. And uh, this band played and they had merch on the side and I just thought their merch looked really cool. And I was like, can I buy a shirt? This was there. Yeah, it totally looks like something I would I would doodle. That's I, so cool. I really love it. I wish I designed it. It's great. I yeah, I love all of your artwork pieces because you have like the cowboy drawings and everything, and I love those. Those are probably like my favorite pieces of yours. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so yeah, like we were saying, you are being, you are basically a Vancouver veteran. A lot of your shows, um, from Twilight to Descendants to Julian the Phantoms, now were all shot in Vancouver. What would you say were some of your uh, most memorable moments in Vancouver? Ooh, um, oh gosh, so many. I, I don't know. Oh, oh no, I, I don't know. Probably just, I, I, I really, I can't like pin it down to like one moment in Vancouver, but I, I just, it's just the people out there are so nice. Everyone in Vancouver is so nice. And I love, usually when I'm there, I'm staying uh, right at the Sutton Hotel, right on Robson there. And uh, I love that area in the sense where there's so many fun like bars to go dancing at and there's the food is so good and you could just, and I, I love how you can, I don't know, go for a run and be right next to the water and, you know, in the forest, you know, it's crazy. It's literally insane. Um, so I, I can't pinpoint it to one specific thing, but I just, I love my friends out there. Like I have a solid group of friends in Vancouver and it's always nice to catch up with them. So I think that's something I like the most about it. It's just the people I know there. Oh, that's amazing. Um, word on the street is that you love dim sum. I do. Is there a favorite go-to dim sum place that you love in Vancouver? Oh my gosh. I don't think there's, you know, actually, you know, it's funny. We were shooting Julian the Phantoms and I mentioned dim sum. And they had it ordered to set, and we had dim sum. That's so cool. Okay, yeah. I oh, dim sum so good. There's so I mean, Vancouver's literally Honkouver. That's like <laughs> that's the nickname of the town. So I mean, it's endless. You could get the best dim sum in the world. Also, Indian food too. Ooh, Indian your, food in Vancouver is so good. What's your go-to order when you go for dim sum? Like, what's up? Once I love, uh, I love Chashu Baos. Um, I love, uh, what do I love? Oh, you know what I really love? I really like, um, what is it called? It's, they're white. It's a sweet, sweet rice, but it's a sticky sweet rice. Uh, Ooh. they're white and they're triangles and they're really squishy. 
<laughs> I know what you're talking about. You know, I, don't I don't know what, what they're called. called. But I, like- if I saw it, I'd be like, that's my favorite. <laughs> okay. uh, what's your favorite? Um, I do like a, a classic hagao with like the shrimp and the, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I like that. That's like the classic go-to. Sweet, sweet rice cake. That's what it's called. Sweet rice cake. Okay, yeah. cool. Got to check that out next time. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know if there's a specific name for it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Every, and I love dipping it, dipping it into the uh, hot mustard. And, uh, <sighs> okay, we're getting hungry. <laughs> oh. um, I want to dive into your background. Growing up, what was your earliest memory of music? Um, earliest memory of music? I remember, so my dad was shooting a movie called The Jesse Ventura Story, where he played the famous like wrestler governor Jesse Ventura and he filmed it in Toronto we were on Canada and I was there literally I was like five years old and I would he just brought me with and I was on set every day and uh there for a really long time and then when we came back I remember I was cleaning a room at my house and I was listening to a sad song and I started crying because I wanted to be back like in Toronto and I missed the guy who was like uh watching over me out there um he was my dad's assistant when he was filming and he ended up becoming like my babysitter essentially (laughs) and I remember crying on the floor while I was cleaning her office because I I had missed being there I don't remember what the song was but I just like the song made me sad yeah I think that's the cool thing about music is that no matter where you are in your life when you listen back to a certain song it just takes you back to that old memory instantly I I think music is probably the most powerful art form in the sense of in like two and a half, three minutes, you can be happy or sad. It can change your mood from anything. Totally. And I think that's so cool because I guess usually I ask this at the end of the podcast, but I'll ask you now because I think you just have such a powerful connection with music. But how do you think music has impacted you personally in your life? Mm, um, I would, I feel like I, I don't, I don't know. I, it's hard to like pinpoint down to specific, like, uh, I guess one word, you know, like a little yeah, sound, yeah, totally. sentence, you know what I mean? Like, because music, music is so crazy where I, you know, I love, you know, when I'm cooking, I'll just put it on in the background, you know, it, and it makes me feel like, ooh, I'm going to make this delicious meal. And then, you know, when I'm painting, depending on the vibe, like today on the way here, I was listening to country music um, just because I, I was just talking to my girlfriend about it. And I'm like tired of trying to find like new, new music. Like it's so frustrating, especially like new pop. There's so much like music and it's, there's so many artists that I'm like, I don't really know. Like, I don't know about that. That yeah. I just want to like listen to something completely different just to re- restart my brain. Um, just so I can reappreciate how great pop music is. And so I've been listening to a lot of country music just because it's so different. And I love country music. But when I listen to country music, like it makes me feel um, like stronger. Um, I don't know why. Like, it just makes me feel like physically stronger. So it's, it's like, a, it's music is... I use music a lot for like for characters. Um, I used to build playlists for certain characters. And when I'd film a project, I would only listen to that playlist because it would just keep me in the mindset of what I want my character to be like. Because that when you're like building a character, you're building a person's day daily routine also, I think. And so uh, like depending on how what the, what it calls for and what the film calls for and how much like you have to like either really be in it or if you can bounce in and out but I'll use like sounds too in the sense of like this last film that I did I was supposed to, I'm in a house and there's a, a monster and it, you know, it's just so many things that aren't real mm-hmm. 
that I have to like make up essentially and like be fake scared, but actually scared as in, in the film. Yeah. And so uh, I found, I went online and found all these, like the scariest sounds I could find. And um, like just, I just YouTube like scary sounds and it was sounds of like asylums and sounds of like scary things that people tried to make. So you would be scared. And also there's like a, a certain sound, like I don't know if it's sound wave or sound, I don't know what that is decimal or I have no idea what that means, but uh, that sounds smart, but it, it, uh, it's supposed to like make you feel uh, like anxiety and like, like when that certain sound like hits like in the world, like it makes you feel anxious and like scared. And so I could, bef before each scene, when it got to this part in the film, I'd put my headphones in and just stand in the room and just listen to these scary sounds. <laughs> And then I take my headphones out and I just like build upon like this, that root. So there was something tangible, like something semi-tangible to build off of rather than just being like, okay, there's a scary monster behind the door. Like how am I supposed to act that? It's like so fake, you know what I mean? So I need to like build on something. So I use sounds um, or if I have to be sad in a, in a scene, I have certain songs that make me sad um, that I don't listen to regularly. And so when I listen to them, it it makes me sad because I think about certain things and yeah. That's and then so I interesting. Yeah, from that's there. so interesting how you use music as like a like a way to help you get deeper into your character because I feel like every artist uses music differently or they connect with it differently and so that's so interesting that you pointed it out like that. Yeah, for for Let Him Go, this film I just did, I actually did not listen to any music. Wow. Because I wanted to isolate myself from emotions that weren't like uh that would remind my remind me of other things the only time i granted myself to listen to music was when i was working out because i ha i wanted to lose weight to be skinnier uh to look really skinny and so i needed the music to like get me through the workout but other than that no music because i didn't want to have uh, reminders of things that were like happy or certain like sad memories i just wanted to go away from things that's so cool. I want to talk about um, your duo, that band Honey as well, um, with your friend, is it Davin? Yeah, Davin. Yep. That's, That's so right. cool. Um, what? Tell me about the background behind creating that band. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, so Davin and I, we, we met, um, oh gosh, like, uh, let's see, like 13 or 14 years ago. Yeah, 14, wow. 15 or 14 years ago. And we've been best friends ever since. We've been, he's like my brother. We were in a band together. We had a, like a rock band when we were that age. And then that ended and we just, were just always friends. And then I got out of music and he kept doing music. And then he was mainly doing music. And I was like, hey, let me just like play guitar for you. Like, I just, like so I just wanna, I was getting back into, I was like getting back into music. And I was like, just let me play guitar for you. And I think that'd be really fun. Like we could just go play on the street. Like I don't even care. Like, I just want to like play guitar like in the like behind you and uh and write songs with him then uh that kind of evolved into we were just, so we we're like okay let's write songs together again and so we were just writing because we'd always jam and just have fun but we're actually writing to create songs we'd sit there and we'd just write and write and write and then we're like oh wait that's actually really good <laughs> and we're like oh wait okay that's actually really really good and then uh, we just kept writing and then it just got more serious as, uh, you know, we uh, gathered like 
confidence from what we were writing, what was coming from the two of us. Uh, like when we're separated, we write differently. And then when we're together, we write in a certain way that is very much the band. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we just kept writing. And then it's turned into, do you want to like actually make a band? <laughs> and we're like, all right, cool, let's do it, whatever. <laughs> nice. I love how your music is so upbeat and fun and it it's so infectious. And whenever you just listen to it, it you just lose yourself and you just start dancing. Thanks. Yeah, that's, um, we always said that like if we, when we can like play concerts, the goal is to not have people just like staring, being like, yeah, the goal is I want, I want to look out and see people. I don't even care if they're looking at the stage, just like dancing with each other. That's it. That's oh, pretty man. much the goal for our band. I hope we can do that again soon. All like, just go to a concert again. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's just dancing with each other. Like just dance. Don't even like, you know, whatever. You guys had your debut live performance, I think two years ago now at California, yeah. at the California side. How was it getting to play that? It was awesome. There were so many people there. I was so surprised. I was like, holy crap. I was so nervous. Yeah, it was so much fun. I want to play live more. It's, it's, yeah, with, I feel like with the band, like I like playing with a band. Like I, I like the, the camaraderie of uh, a band and like knowing that it's all being played like right there. Like it just feels, feels nice. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I would love to do it again. It's just uh, when, when the time's right. You guys are also teasing new music too. Are we? Can we expect yeah. anything this year? Yes, definitely. You will. Uh, it'll it'll be here. We're been in, we've been in the studio, and uh, yeah, you should uh, new things within the next few months. I think so. That's so exciting. Yeah. And okay. it, this stuff is so good. Like I'm really excited. Like it's actually really good. It's stuff that I've. We always like to think like if we were drinking at a bar or something, and a band got on stage and started playing our songs, we'd whoa whoa whoa. Like that's, that's the type of level that we want to, if it's not at that level, then we usually don't record it hmm. in a sense. So we have, a, everyone, obviously every musician, like, right, like my girlfriend, she's a great musician. She's over here. Um, she uh, writes, you know, so many songs and every artist, you have so many songs, you choose, you know, which song to write and like, Ooh, this one I think is really good. And so what we do is for our level of like in how we choose, is like if we're sitting somewhere and we heard the song playing, we'd be like, whether we would acknowledge that it's a really interesting song or not, is kind of the level of if we decide to record it. That's awesome. You're also working on your own music too. I think on your birthday, you released your own produced track. Yeah, 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 I did. How yeah. was that creating? Um, it was called, oh. Obsessing called? Alone. Obsessing all, yeah. Alone, sorry, yes. Yeah, how was it producing and working on your own music? It's great. It's so much fun. Uh, my girlfriend, Valentina, she, um, she taught me. She produces her own music and does her own music. And I pretty much just copied her setup from her place. And she taught me uh, the, uh, she taught me how to use Ableton and uh, which is the program that I'm using. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit more, I don't know. It's, it's more, like I can just do it whenever I want to. And it's a, it's slightly easier because we're not, we don't have to go into the studio. You know, when I write, I just write and it's a little bit more like free form. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's a very different uh, musical like outlet for me. Like there's that band Honey and Maya stuff. To me, they're very different. Um, yeah, but I think David and I, we want to start producing our own stuff too. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll be doing a little bit working with other people, the people that we're working with now but also producing our own stuff on the side also. You have so many different creative outlets. Let's talk about the acting side. Um, what 
was the transition kind of like getting into the acting scene when you were younger? Um, so I, I grew up on sets with my dad. My dad's an actor and stunt coordinator. And so I grew up uh, being on set like all night with the stunt guys or in my dad's trailer, or, you know, just stuff like that. And um, I thought it was normal. You know, I was just like on set with the little kid, like, yay. And uh, then I, I actually transitioned to music. And then from music, I got into acting. And I, how I really got into acting was I saw The Dark Knight um, and Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. That kind of was like, it reminded me the same feeling as when I was really young and wanted to be a Pro BMX uh, Flatland rider, <laughs> you know, Pro BMX rider, you know. I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to do BMX, like, you know. And so when I saw Heath Ledger play the Joker in the Dark Knight, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be an actor. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And it sparked my interest for film and my love for cinema and just uh, the process of making a movie. And so I um, really dove really deep into like Keith Ledger's, um, uh, his, his films. And I watched pretty much, I think I've seen all of them. Um, and from that spawned, you know, me just, I was watching two movies a day and uh, yeah, I was going a little crazy. I was just watching movies, movies, movies. And uh, yeah, my love for like the craft of filmmaking itself uh, came from that. And yeah, I know that's, that's how that started. That's amazing. I want to congratulate you on everything that you've done because it's been such a journey. Um, you. your, your latest project, Julie and the Phantoms, what was it like getting to come back and work with Kenny? Because you previously worked with him on Descendants. Um, what was that whole experience like? Yeah, I love Kenny. Like, I really, really love him as a, as a person. He is one of the strongest and most commanding humans that I've ever met. His energy like, flows from his body and just like hits everybody that's in the room. <laughs> and it makes you show up. And it makes you... Um, I remember when we were younger and when we all first got cast in Descendants and we were like on set, you know, and we... <laughs> you know you'd show up and I was like really prepared and I was you know I've always took pride in like being prepared and stuff but there are days when you show up and you're like ah, and you're kind of like goofing off you know you're not really being that serious and uh then Kenny catches you and he like puts you in line just, just a, subtly but it like strikes your core and you're, you're like ah and honestly that that same feeling from the first time I worked with him until Julian the Phantoms, it's, yeah, it's still there. And it, he's just, he's such a strong person. And he puts so much into his projects himself that if you don't show up and put the same amount of effort into it, um, you feel like you've disappointed him. Um, and to disappoint someone you really look up to is something I just, I, just, I don't want to do. Um, I love Kenny so much. And I, it, working for Kenny makes you want the project to be great for something other than yourself. And I think that's when it's good. So when you're acting, if you're thinking about, oh, oh, the, oh do I like get a, is this the right angle? Like, you know, oh, where's the camera? Oh, it's right there, okay. If you're doing that, then it's wrong. <laughs> like, for me at least. Cause then you're putting the, you're putting the energy on yourself rather mm -hmm. than if I'm talking to somebody, I'm putting naturally, putting energy on that person. And you're taking the energy from their, what they're saying back to you. Um, a one-sided conversation in a film is not a good, it's not an <laughs> exciting conversation. So, and so working with Kenny automatically brings out that because I want the project as a whole to be good because of him, rather than I want the project to be good because I'm in it. Like that, to me, that doesn't work. Like that's not a good 
to enter into a project like that is not the mindset that I think one should have when you're working in a, uh, when you're working with so many people and it takes so many moving parts to make one thing happen. You need to be there for everybody else rather than yourself. So that's what okay. Kenyon spells on everybody, I guess. That's awesome. I want, can you tell us about the story the first time you ever met Kenny Ortega? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, I was walking down the street <laughs> and I, I was going to get my hair cut, I think. And I was with my dad. I believe I was getting ready for probably a Twilight premiere or something. Cause I was walking down the street in a place and it was in like Beverly Hills and I normally never in Beverly Hills. And I was walking down the street and when my dad was with me and I was gonna go get my hair cut and he was walking the other way and he stopped me. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if he, I think he just, he had this movie that he was doing and we still talk about doing this movie too. Um, he had a movie that he was doing that wasn't Descendants. This was years before. And uh, he was just talking about how, sorry, I'm getting a phone call. He was just talking about how uh, I'd be great for this film and yeah, I, he was just talking, talking about how he would want to take a meeting and just all of these things, like kind of that typical Hollywood story when someone stops you on the street and you're like, who are you? And, you know, blah, 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 blah. And just this, you know, that, that Hollywood story and that literally happened to Kenny and I. Uh, and then the movie that he was talking about never happened. Uh, and then years later, I get a call to come in for Descendants. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, remember I met Kenny on the street. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if he's going to remember who I am. And uh, yeah, as soon as I walk in, he was like, boo-boo, like, remember we met on the blah, 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 blah. And, and so much had happened between that time when I met him. I think like that literally was when I was probably going to the premiere for like, New Moon before I, was, before I had even come out in the Twilight film. So like so much happened from that point to Descendants. And uh, like X, I was, had done X-Men, I think. And uh yeah, I had already done X-Men. And so it was a very interesting kind of flip on the story and um, from where we had met to when I got called into the room. But yeah, we met on the street. It was, it was pretty fun. That's so cool. I want to talk yeah. about the other side of Hollywood, that big number. What was it like getting to perform for such a big crowd and just having fun, kind of like in that specific time era? Oh, so much fun. I remember, so I got the script and I had read through it and I was like, Kenny, like, I'm not dancing in this. Like, come on, I got to do a little something, like put me in somewhere, come on. And so, because I told him that he put me in that sequence. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to do a little something. A little, do I know, I get to rehearsals and I have like two days to learn this entire dance. And I'm like, Jesus, like, <laughs> it's like backfired instantly on me. Um, but it was cool though, because a lot of the dancers and the choreographer, I actually knew them all from Descendants pretty much. Awesome. There were only a couple I didn't know um because it was in vancouver also and um yeah it was great i loved i loved doing that it was so much fun um it was really really fun and um uh, yeah i don't know with dancing you just have to let it all out and tr you have to dare to look to look stupid and dumb because if, if you try to hold back a little bit you look so stiff and um funny how do you think, or what do you take away from each different art form that you express yourself in through acting and then through dance and then through music? Um, I don't know if there's, off the top of my head, I don't know if there's like a, the same one from each. Mm -hmm. um, like for movies, I try to, something that I've been doing recently is 
writing their backstory, um, but then seeing what I can learn from my character's journey, like mm-hmm. as a person, like me personally, mm-hmm. like what I can learn from them. Like for Willie uh, and Julian the Phantom, something that I learned from him was his free spirit and just his like careless, like having fun vibe. Like that's, I overthink everything and my natural state is overthinking like crazy to the point of like driving myself like, ah, it's like extreme frustration. Um, and Willie's the complete opposite from that. And so being able to break that wall of that in that character, I feel like helps me or helped me a lot in life. Like, cause I would show up to set and be like, all right, let's do it. And I just, you know, just do the scene. And I'm like, whatever, I'm going to be over here. Okay, Kenny, I'm going to be over here. And then I'm going to grab you like this and like, boom, like, and just like keeping that energy up all day long um, for like 12 hours, you know what I mean? Is uh, It's a lot. So I feel like that free, and if you were to overthink that, you would pass out. <laughs> you would, you have to just let it go and just like have fun. It's like, yeah. And so that's what I learned from Willie specifically. Uh, from music, I think something that music and art actually, uh, that actually there is one thing that all the art forms have taught me is to not be as, um, uh, I don't know, I don't wanna say picky, but just to, yeah, I, it's all helped me with my overthinking once I've kind of locked on that train. Mm-hmm. And in the sense where usually when I watch them, like I did a film called The Grizzlies like it's probably uh, for me at least my most proud like performance that I've done. Like when I watch it, I feel very proud of that film and like what it stands for and just the way I uh, pre- uh, presented my character and portrayed him, uh, Kyle, the real life person. The first time I saw it, I was in a huge, I was in Toronto at TIFF at the film festival out there. And there's a huge auditorium, a humongous, like beautiful old, auditorium like vines growing on the walls and like levels of people um it was so beautiful a huge screen and i was sitting in this in the in the middle of the whole entire place i was sitting there watching the movie and i was getting so frustrated the whole entire time i was watching it and i was like so there'd be obviously i was by the end of the night i was like mid-level happy (laughs) i would say and I was just so frustrated because I didn't think I was, I didn't think my performance was good. And uh, there was, and, but looking back on it, I was just pinpointing certain parts that I didn't like and letting that emotion cover the entire thing. And uh, now when I watched the film, I saw it again after that at another screen, screening in LA. And I then could appreciate how like, good the performance was. And now I think it's my best performance. Like, so it's, just, it's a weird thing of not being too like critical or judgmental and knowing that uh, imperfections make something perfect because that's life and that's fine. <laughs> like not trying to like being okay with like ups and downs and like, it's fine. Like it's like, you know, not being too like not holding on to a thought and just like letting it tear you apart. And I used to let that happen with music and with performing and with acting and watching things and, even from the first ascendance to now, I used, Kenny would be like, okay, everyone come look at the shot we just got. Everyone would crowd around the monitor. By the end of the first film, he knew that he was like, boo-boo, I know you don't want to watch. And I wouldn't watch. Everyone would go watch and I would just stand by myself and I just wouldn't watch it. Because I didn't want to see, like, I didn't want to be frustrated at one little thing that I did in that take and let it affect the rest of the day. Totally. But now I can watch the monitor and I can 
fix myself if there's something I want to redo or I can, if there's one thing that's wrong, it's like, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, and music has helped me with that too. Uh, producing my own music, I feel like letting go and be like, it's fine. Like, sure that sound might be a little loud, but whatever, it's fine. Or like painting, yeah, I messed up on this, leave it. You know, it's, it kind of makes it better that it's not like whatever you think perfect should be. So. Totally. That's, yeah, we truly are like our hardest critics, like on ourselves yeah. and- Naturally. Totally. And like perfection is something that you can't, like what is perfect? Nobody knows what it is. So no. you can't assume that it's anything. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, I want to talk about the Grizzlies as well. Like, like you said, you played Kyle. What was it like getting to play a, like a real life character? And you guys also shot that out in None of It. We did. Uh, well, so cool. yeah, we shot in None of It and Ikayuit. That's so cool. What was it like yeah. that whole production? It was insane. It was crazy. I had been the casting for it was crazy too. I auditioned for a different character first, <laughs> and then she, then I was actually filming a movie at the time. I was filming like crazy hours and I was so tired and I was like, I don't want to record this audition and send it in. I'm so tired. I can barely like memorize my lines <laughs> for what I'm doing. I was like, okay. And I was, did this audition. I did it so many times because I wasn't happy with it. And I was like, kept doing it, doing it, doing it. And uh, sent it in. Then she calls. She wanted me to read for another part. And I was, then the lines were like even more emotional. I was like, oh my God. And I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> like did the scene and then she called me again she wanted me to do it again I was like are you serious like, come on. <laughs> and then she was in California and she came out to my ranch and met me at a coffee shop and was just talking to me and I was like Miranda listen like I just don't think that I should play this part I literally told her I'm like I don't think I should do it I would like to play one of these other parts in the film but Kyle I don't think I'm right to play this part and she's like no you are and then she came to my ranch and videotaped me running back and forth to send to the real coach. And I guess I found out later that uh, he had watched the tapes of me running and he instantly was like, this is Kyle. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, random. And then I, I recorded the audition again. And the whole time I was just like, I just don't think this is going to work. And then I, I got the part. And so I was like, okay, obviously, like, I'm not seeing it. And I uh, just like went full into... I uh, actually, no, I did something different for that. I had been dealing with this um, overthinking and like anxiety and stuff like that so much on this past project that I had called a, this director, someone I had never worked for, but I just hit it off with. And I was like, hey, like, I'm going to go do this movie in the Arctic. I'm going to be by myself in the middle of nowhere. I cannot keep dealing with this anxiety and stress of like filming. Like, what are, give me some like tips or something. And I had a notebook with me. And he said a few things and like to meditate and stuff like that. And I wrote a few things down. And to this day, that notebook, I take with me everywhere I go when I have to film. I literally bring it all the time. It always stays in my bag. And um, yeah, so that, so I went out there with a new mindset on how to like film and how to like be more at ease and not, and just less, like less stress and just not holding on to certain things and just letting things go easier. And so that was kind of my, uh, mindset for that entire project was just and I developed a new way to uh, form a character and a new way to present a character and working with uh, Ben who played uh, Russ the, the lead in the film he helped me so much in that and just letting go and just really listening 
and um, not being too attached to notes that you made before and just you make your notes, but then you let it go. And then you just listen to the person in front of you and play the scene and or sorry, let the scene play out. Don't try to, you know, move the scene. Mm. And uh, for me that for someone who naturally overthinks everything, that method of working uh, works perfectly for me. And so that movie is a huge uh, light, uh, turning point. I feel like in my uh, careers, like as an actor and just how I handled myself on sets and how I uh, work on a set it changed a lot for that film. That's amazing. Thank you so much for like talking about your anxiety and everything openly because it's something that a lot of people do struggle with and sometimes people aren't like they don't have the power to talk about it openly. So thank you for being so open to talking about that. Um, I guess we'll wrap it up. Um, what? Okay, you're a fan of The Bachelor. <laughs> Word on the street. <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about your love for it. Wait, 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 wait. but don't, I haven't seen the last episode. So don't, um, don't, don't reveal what happened in the last one because I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm the type of person to only watch the final episode. I don't know why. <laughs> but I feel like it's just like all the drama is just poured into that final episode. So I don't know when that airs, but I just want to talk about that. And of yeah. course, yeah, I, I love it. I love <laughs> everything about it. I think it's just so amazing. And it's, you know, I was so against watching it. Um, but <laughs> My girlfriend is like, we gotta watch this. And I I think I lost a bet or something the first time I watched it. And we're watching it and I just got hooked, like honestly. Like it's just really, really good. It's it's a great show. It's fantastic. I think it's such a great show. Um, there's so much drama in it. And um Matt James Abs, of course, that's one of the reasons to watch the show. Um yeah, it's it's just great. It's a Whoever thought to do this show is a genius. I mean, I don't know if it actually works. I no, it the show doesn't work. But like, it's really fun to watch these people struggle and go through this crazy experience. <laughs> it's honestly really great for acting too, because I think Marlon Brando said he would like watch documentaries more than he'd watch films because you get like these people are like even though it's kind of put on like they're really crying and they're like really you know <laughs> it's kind of great to watch you know human interaction like that so that yeah. is so hilarious i love yeah. that well thank you so much for chatting it was so great chatting um next time we need to get you and david back on the show so we can talk more about oh. that band honey yes i would love yeah. that yeah that would be so much fun um thank you guys so much for listening that was boo boo stewart on the hangout